0: pentecost Uh, not only is this the third sunday after pentecost this is also the second week of our 10-week summer sermon series called the tree of life Uh, if you remember last week we focused on the creation and the fall of man into sin and god's promise of salvation in the person of jesus christ Uh, today we move a little further along that plan of salvation and we see how god chose abraham and sarah from whom he would raise up a new nation And we especially today focus on the story of God testing Abraham on Mount Moriah and how God intervenes on behalf of his people. For our friends who are worshiping online, a reminder to go to our website, which is chapelofthecross.org. Under the resources tab on our website, you'll find a place where you can click on the bulletin for this service and you can follow along there with the bulletin. Also, there is a tab for giving your offering to the Lord and his work here through Chapel of the Cross. A few announcements to share with you before we start worship today. I wanna bring your attention to one of the announcements in the chapel weekly from our food pantry. We've had a large increase over the last month, especially our families in need of the food pantry services. So, uh, hence the pantry is running a little low on a few items and specifically there are three items that if you could help uh, get some more of those in stock, that would be wonderful. So those three things are mac and cheese, boxes of mac and cheese, green beans, and canned fruit so if you're at the grocery store this week sometime uh, if you can go ahead and pick up a few of those items and bring them back to church you can place them in that that basket that's over by over by the um, uh, the offices there or if you'd prefer to give a monetary donation to chapel you can designate that to the food pantry and then those funds would go to buy food at a discounted rate so i thank you uh, for your support of our food pantry and for helping those in our community And speaking of food, we would like to provide some some healthier snack alternatives for our children who are coming to Chapel Summer Camp. We're having uh, having a wonderful start to Summer Camp. I think this is the fourth week of it coming up of Summer Camp. And uh, over 60 kids are enrolled so far. Uh, we've had uh, an average of in the 40s every day. And uh, so it's been a really, really great summer so far. We would like to feed them some healthier snacks during the day. So if, if when you're at that grocery store this week, you want to pick up some extra fruit, uh, not for you, but for the kids here at Chapel, we'd love to receive that. You could just bring it to the office and leave it with the ladies there. We'll make sure that that fruit gets to the children of our summer camp. So thank you very much for that. Our elder for this weekend is David Stalhit. David is standing right here and will greet you at the door as you leave today. Get to know David as one of your elders here at Chapel of the Cross. God's blessings to you as we worship this day. We begin by singing together that opening hymn, Immortal, Invisible, God Only Wise, as that's printed in your bulletin. And we stand to sing it together.
1: Spirit. Amen. God of all mercy and consolation, come to the aid of your people, turning us from our sin to live for you alone. Give us the power of your Holy Spirit, that attentive to your word we may confess our sins, receive your forgiveness, and grow into the fullness of your Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. Let us confess our sin in the presence of God and of one another. Gracious God, have mercy on us. In your compassion, forgive us our sins, known and unknown, things done and left undone. Uphold us by your Spirit, so that we may live and serve you in newness of life, to the honor and glory of your holy name, through Jesus Christ our Lord, Amen. Be with you. you. Let us pray. Lord of all power and might, author and giver of all good things, graft into our hearts the love of your name and nourish us with all goodness, that we may love and serve our neighbor through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen please be seated
2: the Old Testament reading is from the 22nd chapter of Genesis sometime later God tested Abraham he said to him Abraham here am I he replied then God said take your son your only son Isaac whom you love and go to the region of Moriah sacrifice him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains i will tell you about early the next morning abraham got up and saddled his donkey he took him with him two of his servants and his own son isaac when he had cut enough wood for the burnt offering he set out for the place god had told him about on the third day abraham looked up and saw the place in the distance he said to his servants stay here with the donkey while I go with the boy over there, we will worship and then we will come back to you. Abraham took the wood for the burnt offering and placed it on his son Isaac and he himself carried the fire and the knife. As the two of them went on together, Isaac spoke up and said to his father Abraham, Father, yes my son, Abraham replied. The fire and the wood are here, Isaac said, but where is the lamb for the burnt offering? Abraham answered, Do not lay a hand on the boy, he said. Do not do anything to him. Now I know that you fear God because you have not withheld your son from me, your only son. Abraham looked up, and there in the thicket was a ram caught by its horns. He went over and took the ram and sacrificed it as a burnt offering instead of his son. So Abraham called the place, The Lord Will Provide. And to this day it is said, On the mountain of the Lord it will be provided. This is the word of the Lord.
1: We read Psalm 36 responsively. An oracle is within my heart concerning the sinfulness of the wicked. There is no fear of God before his eyes. For in his own eyes, he flatters himself too much to to detect or hate his sin. The words of his mouth are wicked and deceitful. He has ceased to be wise and to do good. Even on his bed, he plots evil. He commits himself to a sinful course and does not reject what is wrong. Your love, O Lord, reaches to the heavens, your faithfulness to the skies. Your righteousness is like the mighty mountains, your justice like the great deep. O Lord, you preserve both man and beast. How priceless is your unfailing love, Both high and low among men find refuge in the shadow of your wings. They feast on the abundance of your house. You give them drink from your river of delights. For with you is the fountain of life. In your light we see light. Continue your love to those who know you, your righteousness to the upright heart. May the foot of the proud not come against me, nor the hand of the wicked drive me away. See how the evildoers lie fallen, thrown down, not able to rise.
2: The epistle is from the fifth chapter of Galatians. It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm then and do not let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. You, my brothers, were called to be free, but do not use your freedom to indulge the sinful nature. Rather, serve one another in love. The entire law is summed up in a single command, love your neighbor as yourself. If you keep on biting and devouring each other, watch out, or you will be destroyed by each other. So I say, live by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the sinful nature discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions, and envy, drunkenness, orgies, and the like. I warn you, as I did before, that those who live like that will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Again, such things there is no law, but those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the sinful nature with its passions and desires. Since we live by the Spirit, let us step keep in step with the Spirit. This is the word of the Lord. Be to
1: God. Please stand. The Holy Gospel, according to Saint Luke, the ninth chapter. Glory, Glory to you, O Lord. As the time approached for him to be taken up to heaven, Jesus resolutely sent out, set out for Jerusalem. And he sent messengers on ahead who went into a Samaritan village to get things ready for him. But the people there did not welcome him because he was heading for Jerusalem. When the disciples James and John saw this, they asked, Lord, do you want us to call down fire from heaven to destroy them? But Jesus turned and rebuked them, and they went to another village. As they were walking along the road, a man said to him, I will follow you wherever you go. Jesus replied, Foxes have holes and birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man has no place to lay his head. He said to another man, Follow me. But the man replied, Lord, first let me go and bury my father. Jesus said to him, Let the dead bury their own dead, but you go and proclaim the kingdom of God. Still another said, I will follow you, Lord, but first let me go back and say goodbye to my family. Jesus replied, No one who puts his hand to the plow and looks back is fit for service in the kingdom of God. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. Please be seated.
0: grace, mercy, and peace be to you from our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Here again, just a little portion of that Old Testament reading from Genesis 22. Sometime later, God tested Abraham. He said to him, Abraham, here I am, he replied. Then God said, take your son, your only son Isaac, whom you love, and go to the region of Moriah. Sacrifice him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains that I will tell you about. In the name of Jesus, Christian friends. Something's terribly wrong here. That's got to be what Abraham was thinking. And wouldn't you agree? I mean, even though we know the end of this story, we we can't help, as we read this story from Scripture, we, we can't help but say, oh, something is wrong here. For God to command a dad to kill his beloved son. God says, take your son, your only son Isaac, whom you love, and sacrifice him. Can you imagine? Abraham had many, many treasures. He He had wealth, he had property, he had servants. But the greatest treasure that he had was that son of his, God had given him that son. He had given him a son when it was physically impossible for Sarah and Abraham to have a child. It was was such this incredible and great thing that Abraham and Sarah called that boy Isaac, a name that means laughter. They They were so full of joy that every time they saw their child, every time they said his name, they would chuckle and giggle for joy because of that great gift that God had given to him. But then to hear God say, go sacrifice him. Oh, how those words must have just struck at Abraham's heart. How can you say that to this father, God? A father is told to sacrifice his son. Something is terribly wrong here. But it's not just wrong on on kind of a human level. On another level, God's promises are at stake here, aren't they? Remember, God had promised that Abraham would be the father of many nations, that his offspring would be as numerous as the stars in the sky and the sand on the beach. He promised that out of Abraham's line would be born one who would be the blessing of all nations, the Savior of the world. To kill Isaac is to break a promise. (laughs) So something is terribly wrong here. When God tells a father to kill his son and when God's promises come into question. And not just back in Abraham's time. Today, when we see what is happening, especially to children, we say something is terribly wrong. And we hear how children are are kidnapped and sold into slavery every day. As many as 1.2 million children are being trafficked every year. We hear how children are killed as they simply just play outside their homes. Children die. And we have to say something is, is terribly wrong. They die of horrendous diseases. We think something's wrong with that. Anxiety and worry among teenagers, perhaps the same age as as little Isaac here in the text, they've skyrocketed in our kids. And with that, teenage suicide. And 20% of high school children have reported serious thoughts of suicide. One in five of our high school kids, I mean, something's wrong with that. Take every school shooting when somebody's child died. You must say something is terribly, terribly wrong. Abraham has to be thinking it. Something's terribly wrong. And yet, we heard the story. Amazingly, the next morning, Abraham takes two of his servants and his son Isaac and they left the house on a trip to Mount Moriah. Those three days must have been just horrendous because he knew what was going to be happening at the end of those three days. There's a couple of sentences in this text that indicate that that Abraham had hope. He, He trusted that somehow, in some way, God would provide. He said to his two servants, you stay here, I and the boy will go to the mountain and we will come back to you. He does not say, I will come back to you. He says, I and the boy will come back to you. He is trusting that God in some way and somehow will provide. In fact, remember how Abraham answered Isaac's question. Isaac has a very good question. Hey, Dad, here's the wood and here's the fire, but where is the animal? Where's the lamb for the burnt offering? And you remember how Abraham answered, Isaac, God will provide it. With those words, we are listening to Abraham holding on for dear life in hope to God's promise. He had hoped that God will work out the details somehow here. And that trust and that hope and that faith takes him all the way to that moment when he has, when he has that knife in his hand at the throat of his son. But then, then that voice, that blessed voice Abraham, Abraham, don't touch the boy. Don't do anything to him. Can you imagine how fast he ripped those ropes off his son? And he looks up and he sees that ram stuck in the thicket and he sacrifices the ram instead of his son. At that moment, Abraham's faith held on to the promise that God would provide. And God did provide by sparing Isaac's life. God stepped in and Isaac was spared. But on a much bigger, a much broader, a much deeper level, God provided. And in this story, we get just this little glimpse of it, we get just this little picture of it. Isaac carries the wood for a sacrifice. Jesus carries the wood of the cross for his sacrifice. Isaac is the son, the only son whom Abraham loved. Jesus is the son, the only son whom the Heavenly Father loves. A ram is in a thicket to be sacrificed in the place of Isaac. Jesus on the cross takes our place and is sacrificed for us. And and through it all, the promises come true. Through Isaac, Abraham's descendants are many, as numerous as the stars in the sky and as the sand on the beach. And Abraham's offspring, through his offspring, comes Jesus, the Savior of the world. God provides forgiveness and life and salvation for us and for this world, where because of sin, everything is terribly wrong, but God rights the wrong with the sacrifice of his son. God steps in and God intervenes and God provides and God keeps his promises for us. What a beautiful story. And it's a story not just about the the strong faith of Abraham, the strong and trusting obedience of Abraham. It is about that. I think it's more than that. In fact, I don't believe it's a story so much about Abraham's faith as it is a story about God's good grace. It's a story about how God steps in with his salvation. How God provides when everything seems lost. A God keeps his promises no matter what. And this story, it's not the first time we see how God steps in, how God provides, how God keeps his promises. And it certainly wouldn't be the last. We heard it last weekend. When Adam and Eve were in the garden, when they had fallen into sin, when there was something terribly wrong because of their failure, there was one who stepped in for them. There was one who would cover them, who would forgive them. And he said, one day, Satan would be crushed. Jacob, that that great patriarch of the faith, Jacob was a cheat. He was a deceiver. He cheated his, his brother. He deceived his dad. I mean, he certainly didn't deserve to be blessed. But God stepped in. And God said, I will bless you anyway. You look at Joseph. He's thrown in a well and sold as a slave by his brothers. But God steps in again. Made him governor of Egypt. And in the end, he saves his family. God steps in in his own time and in his own way. Or we take a little look at ourselves. Do we not see how God steps in? Do we not see how God intervenes for us? Do we not see how God keeps his promises for us? Oh, we, we look in that mirror. We see a lot of things in that mirror. We certainly see the sin and we see the guilt and we see the trouble. We look in that mirror and we say, oh, something is terribly wrong here. I can't do anything about it. But God steps in. And he says, I can do something about it. God intervenes. And God keeps his promises. Because God comforts and God heals and God restores God loves and God cares and God forgives. God steps in in his own time and in his own way. And as we look at this story of Abraham and Isaac, I think we see so clearly the shadow of the cross. It's a little picture of what is to come. How God stepped in on behalf of his people. Through Jesus Christ, through his sacrifice and only God could provide, we are forgiven. Because of that sacrifice, our sins are remembered no more. Because God stepped in for us. We whose sins are as scarlet, the Bible says, are made as white as snow. The terrible wrong of our sin has been made right by the blood of the Lamb. Our God steps in for us. Our God provides for us. And I I know sometimes we don't see that. Sometimes I think we're blind to that. In fact, sometimes I think we get upset at God for not stepping in and providing the way we think he should step in and provide. And sometimes, truly, we're just overwhelmed. Overwhelmed with the problems and the troubles and the wrongs of this world that we feel that God does not care. He does not intervene. He doesn't step in, at least not for me. But if you ever doubt, if God steps in and provides for you, just remember when you receive his very body and his blood at this altar like you're going to get this morning. God provides there. God steps in there. And he gives you His love. He gives you His grace. And you look back and you remember your baptism. You see it again. So very clearly, God's stepping in through the water, through the Word, making you His child, blessing you with love and grace and forgiveness. God has stepped in to make us His children. And then you look at that cross. And you look at that empty tomb. God has stepped into this world where so many things are terribly wrong. And yet through his son, God provides for his children. God keeps his promises to his children. God intervenes on behalf of his children. Well, our God steps in. We we see that great God who provides a sacrifice We see that great God who steps in for his people, who steps in for you and me. We see a God who provides, a God who keeps his promises, a God who is with us even when things are so terribly wrong in our world. A God who provides by keeping his promise with a cross and with an open tomb. A God who by his grace will make all things right. Amen. Now may the peace of God which surpasses all understanding keep our hearts and our minds. In Christ Jesus. Amen. Would you please stand with me as we confess together our faith in the words of the Nicene Creed. Page 11 in your bulletin. We confess. I believe in one God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and of all things visible and invisible and in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son of God, begotten of his Father before all world, God of God, light of light, very God of very God, begotten, not made, being of one substance with the Father, by whom all things were made, who for us men and for our salvation came down from heaven, who was incarnate by the Holy Spirit of the Virgin Mary and was made man and was crucified also for us under Pontius Pilate. He suffered and was buried. And the third day he rose again, according to the Scriptures, and ascended into heaven, and sits at the right hand of the Father. And he will come again with glory to judge both the living and the dead, whose kingdom will have no end. And I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord and giver of life, who proceeds from the Father in the Son, who with the Father and the Son together is worshipped and glorified, who spoke by the prophets. And I believe in the Holy Christian and Apostolic Church. I acknowledge one baptism for the remission of sins, and I look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. You may be seated as we gather our offering to the Lord. We stand for prayer. Let us pray for the whole people of God in Christ Jesus and for all people according to their needs. Holy God, we praise your name for your faithfulness and mercy to Abraham, providing a lamb in the place of his son. And we praise you for the faith that you gave to Abraham, that he was willing to follow you even at the expense of his own son. Guard us from the temptation of making those gifts that we hold most dear into idols that would replace you in our worship. Grant that we might live as those set free by the good news that you have not withheld your only begotten Son, but have offered him as the Lamb in our place to deliver us from sin, death, and hell. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Merciful God, we are unworthy of your mercy but your steadfast love forgives the unworthy and undeserving through the merits of Jesus. Forgive our sins and lead us to repentance. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Lord, we are quick to judge and condemn, but your mercy seeks to restore the lost. Lead us to forgive others as you have forgiven us and to extend the hand of peace in Jesus' name. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Eternal Lord, give your blessing upon our newly re-elected district president, Jameson Hardy, and all those who serve in the leadership of your church. By your Holy Spirit, guide them and all who lead us, so that your gracious will be done and the work of your kingdom strengthened, increased, and expanded. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Lord of life, you create and bless all life with your abundant care and mercy. Make us ever mindful of the many blessings that you have given to us in this life. Move us to share your mercy, protecting and supporting that blessing of life for all people, especially the unborn, the destitute, the elderly, and those who suffer in the body. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Amid our sickness, sorrow, struggles, and pain, grant us healing, relief, hope, and peace at the last. Today, we especially remember Coraline Bartok, Greg Pellegrino, and Marty Elbers, as he has surgery tomorrow. Grant them your comfort and sustain them to eternal life in Christ. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Into your hands, O Lord, we commend ourselves and all for whom we pray, trusting in your mercy, through your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts, we lift them to the Lord. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right to give him thanks and praise. It is truly good, right, and salutary that we should at all times and in all places give thanks to you, holy Lord, almighty Father, everlasting God, through Jesus Christ our Lord, who on this day overcame death and the grave and by his glorious resurrection fulfilled the promises of your word, assuring us that we are never alone, and have been called to those things you have prepared for those who love you. Therefore, with angels and archangels, and with all the company of heaven, we laud and magnify your glorious name, evermore praising you and singing, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Our Lord Jesus Christ, in the night when he was betrayed, took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to his disciples, and he said, Take eat. This is my body, which is given for you. This do in remembrance of me. In the same way also he took the cup after supper and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them saying, drink of it all of you. This is my blood of the New Testament, which is shed for you for the forgiveness of your sins. This do as often as you drink of it in remembrance of me. The peace of the Lord be with you always. We stand. Now may this eating and drinking keep and preserve you in the true faith until life everlasting. Go in the Lord's peace and in his joy. Amen. We pray. We give thanks to you, almighty God, that you have refreshed us through the saving gift of your son's true presence in our lives through his body and blood. Strengthen us to walk by your spirit in faith toward you and in fervent love toward one another. Through Jesus Christ, your son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Amen. Let may the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord look upon you with favor and give you his peace. Amen. Amen. Remain standing as we sing our closing hymn together.